Hello and welcome to today's episode. This is episode 4 of Cracking the Anatomical Myth and I'm Dr. Satyajit Shah. Today we will be talking about the tongue and the palate. That means we are going to talk about the various muscles associated with these two organs. We are going to talk about their respective nerve supplies. We will talk about a bit of their blood supply and we will also talk about a portion of their development. With that let us start. When we are talking about the tongue what do we think we know about a particular organ which is placed inside our oral cavity which has got multiple functions like talking like eating these are the two very primary functions of the tongue apart from it it will also be used you can remember from your school life like you just put your tongue outside to make some face to your friends so it may be used for making facial gestures now what are the different muscles of the tongue because as you can see that the tongue is always moving like whenever you are talking the tongue keeps on moving that's why it's always called as don't wag your tongue so it's like wagging the tail so it's like wagging the tongue so there is a concept that there are too many muscles associated with the tongue so overall the muscles of the tongue are divided into an extrinsic group and an intrinsic group there are four each of extrinsic muscles that is four pairs of extrinsic muscles and four pairs of intrinsic muscles so when we are talking about the extrinsic muscles what are the different extrinsic muscles that we talk about remember the extrinsic muscles are those which are responsible for attaching the tongue to different regions like it will be attaching the styloid process like the styloglossus the mandible like the genioglossus the hyoid like the hyoglossus and the portions of the palate that is the palatoglossus so these four muscles are the extrinsic ones and they are responsible for uh, movement of the tongue so whether you are depressing whether you are protruding or we are uh, moving the tongue from right to left or left to right all these movements are done by this extrinsic group of muscles now of these four the genioglossus is responsible for protrusion of the tongue and it also prevents the tongue from falling back as it prevents the tongue from falling back and blocking the cavity that is our air cavity the air channel because you know behind the oral cavity is the oropharynx so it prevents the tongue from falling back and hence it is also called as the safety muscle of the tongue what are the intrinsic muscles remember the intrinsic muscles are called as the superior longitudinal lingui inferior longitudinal lingui the transversus lingui and the verticalis lingui so of these muscles from where are these muscles developed all of these muscles are developed from the occipital myotome and remember occipital myotome is developed from the somites okay it is developed from your occipital somites next what about the nerve supply to all these muscles when you are talking about the nerve supply you remember that all the muscles are supplied by the hypoglossal nerve except the palatoglossus which is supplied by the cranial part of the accessory nerve through the pharyngeal plexus what about the sensory supply now as we know that the tongue is an organ through which we can have a very special sensation that is the sense of taste So whenever we are having say for example a cup of hot tea so there are two components to this hot 
T. What are they? That one is the temperature, which is hot, and number two is the sweetness. So these two sensations are both carried by the tongue. So how is it possible? Or which are the nerves that are involved in this? When we talk about the anterior two third of the tongue, the anterior two third of the tongue general sense of temperature pressure like this is carried by the lingual nerve, which is a branch from the posterior division of the mandibular division of the trigeminal nerve. Whereas special sensory, that means the taste sensation, okay, it is carried by the Cauda tympani nerve, which is a branch of the facial. Remember this particular cauda tympani nerve of the facial, which is responsible for carrying the taste sensation. It is carried by number one, what is called as the spatial visceral afferent unit. Okay, it is to the spatial visceral afferent unit. And where does this particular unit or this particular nucleus lie? This particular nucleus is present as a part of what we call as the NTS, okay? That is the nucleus tractus solitarius. Next, what about the posterior one third? From the posterior one-third, whether we are talking about general sensory or special sensory, that means touch temperature is your general sensory and special sensory is the taste. So both of these from the posterior one-third is carried by one nerve which is called as the glossopharyngeal. Remember glossopharyngeal is also responsible for supplying or carrying the taste sensation from the valid papillae. Next, if we are talking about the developmental portion of this sensory that means the mucous membrane right because we are telling that sensory taste is carried or rather where it is felt it is felt on the mucous membrane of the tongue that's why when at times when we just drink uh, or put into mouth something which is very hot we tell that we have burnt our tongue and in that condition what happens we are unable to sense any taste okay so let's see how this particular mucous membrane will be formed Remember that for formation of the mucous membrane, it is basically the function of number one, the first arch, number two, the second arch, and number three is the third and the fourth arch combining together. Now, from the first arch, there is formation of three things. What are they? Number one, there is formation of what is called as a tuberculum impar, and number two, there is formation of a pair of lateral lingual swellings. From the second arch, there is formation of cupola. And from the third and the fourth arch combined, there is formation of a hypobranchial or a hypopharyngeal eminence. This particular hypopharyngeal eminence which is developing, it is a bit elongated and it is elongated in a cephalocaudal direction. So, the cephalic end of this hypopharyngeal eminence or the hypobranchial eminence is derived from the third arch whereas the lower part is developed from the fourth arch remember we are essentially talking about the mucous membrane hence we are talking about the entire development from the endoderms of these four arches next what happens the lateral lingual swellings they basically overgrow the tuberculum impar and forms the anterior two-third of the tongue and the cranial part of your hypopharyngeal eminence or the hypobranchial eminence, it overgrows the cupola and forms the posterior one-third. The junction between these two is marked by what is called as the sulcus terminalis. 
the caudal part of the hypopharyngeal eminence now forms the posterior most part of the tongue so after reading this or after hearing this you are quite uh, clear with one thing as because the anterior two third is derived from your fast arch hence sensory supply is given by a branch of the mandibular division of trigeminal as we are talking about the hypobranchial eminence developing into the posterior one third hence it is the cranial part which was developed from the third arch and the third arch nerve was the glossopharyngeal lastly when you are talking about the posterior most portion we saw ki it is derived from the hypobranchial eminence dorsal part and hence supplied by your uh, vagus branch of the vagus that is the internal laryngeal nerve so the posterior most part of the tongue is supplied by the internal laryngeal branch of the vagus okay now the tongue as we know it has got a number of papillae now what is the function of this papillae the function of this papillae is to carry the taste right so a number of papillaries are associated with carrying taste sensation whereas only one portion is responsible for making the tongue rough and thereby helping the tongue to hold on to the food okay so we have got three types of papillaries which can carry the sensation of taste of these three two are extensively found in the human tongue number 1 is a valid papillary which is found in the anterior aspect of the sulcus terminalis parallel to the sulcus terminalis and these valid papillary are supplied by the glossopharyngeal nerve the second type is a fungiform papillary which is majorly present in the tip and the two sides and these are supplied by the facial nerve that is the quadratympani branch of the facial There is a third type which is found very very few in case of human tongue and it is called as the folate papillary. The next one is a non-taste bud carrying papillary and this one is the filiform papillary. Its function is to make the surface of the tongue rough so that food can be kept on the tongue. Just remember ki whenever you are taking uh, a softy ice cream and you are licking it the ice cream does not fall off your tongue. so it is all thanks to your filiform papillary your filiform papillary is basically holding it and if you have a pet like if you have a cat or a dog in your home then you might have felt ki when they actually lick you there is a very rough feeling that you get right so that is all because of the filiform papillaries last topic of this one is the lymphatics when you talk about the lymphatics remember the tongue will get its lymphatics from four areas number 1 is the apex from the apex it will be draining into number 1 the submental group of lymph nodes the submandibular group of lymph nodes the jugulohyoidogastric and the jugulohomohyoid group of lymph nodes next is the margins that means the two lateral aspects so from the two lateral side of the anterior two third of the tongue this particular lymphatic it drains into the submandibular then the jugulohyoidogastric and the jugulohomohyoid group of lymph nodes from the portion which is the central part of the anterior two third of the tongue here the entire lymph close to just like the marginal one that means it is to your jugulohyoidogastric jugulohomohyoid and definitely submandibular group last is the dorsal part that means the posterior one third of the tongue along with the valid papillary they will drain into the jugulohyoidogastric and the jugulohomohyoid these particular lymphatics which are coming from the dorsal one third 
and draining into the jugulohomohyoid they pierce the thyrohyoid membrane they pierce the thyrohyoid membrane whereas any lymphatic which will have to go and drain into the submandibular group of lymph node will always pierce the mylohyoid muscle they will always pierce the mylohyoid muscle so whether we are talking about the lymphatics coming from the tip or from the lateral aspect or from the central aspect it does not matter it would always go pierce the mylohyoid muscle and then drain into the submandibular and the very simple reason is this that the floor of the mouth is formed by the mylohyoid muscle definitely aided by your genohyoid and below this mylohyoid is your submandibular fossa where the submandibular nerve is uh, sorry submandibular uh, lymph lymph node uh, lymph nodes are present so to drain into the submandibular group of lymph node what is to be done that the lymphatics must pass through the mylohyoid muscle lastly which is the major artery that is responsible for supplying the tongue and it is none other than the lingual artery so there are a pair of lingual arteries which supplies arterial blood to the tongue